Welcome to The Daily Drive with Josh Downs, a podcast where I'll be sharing principles and insights each and every day to help you on your personal journey through life. Things to better help you move forward from wherever you are to where you want to be. Morning, everybody, and happy Friday. You're listening to The Daily Drive with Josh Downs, and today's episode is episode 450, Saved by the Bell. Now, probably better make a quick disclosure today. Today's episode is not about a group of kids and their high school escapades. <laughs> You're not going to hear a whole lot today about Zach, uh, Kelly, A.C. Slater, Jesse, Lisa, or even Screech. Although, full disclosure, I did grow up watching that show, which is now one of my daughter's favorite shows as well. Somehow, even a whole new generation knows about Saved by the Bell. It's kind of been fun, hasn't it, to see the 80s and 90s make it come back a little bit? Well, today's episode is about a different bell that can also save, but it's a, a bell that's found around a bellwether's neck. What's a bellwether, you ask? I had to ask that question too. I didn't know. But a bellwether is a neutered male lamb or a sheep that's raised from birth in the household of his master. In biblical times, a shepherd would purposefully take a newborn male lamb away from his mother and raise it in his own household. In this way, the lamb would bond with the master and lose his fear of human contact. And as the lamb matured, the shepherd would place a bell on his neck and turn him back then into the flock. And the bellwether would become basically the leader of the flock in leading the sheep wherever the master wanted him to go. And he would also signal the master through the noise of the bell the location of the flock at all times, thus helping the sheep and the herd remain under the shepherd's watchful care. I came across a story actually as I was studying this uh, about a bellwether sheep that, while although it's fictitious, it does teach a valuable lesson for those that want to be bellwethers, basically of the flocks that they wish to help and lead, which I would hope in some ways we all do. The story is told of a woman who, while shepherding sheep, led her sheep and her bellwether that was with them from her home where the pasture was down a long mountain road to the stable and corral where they were to be kept for the night. While traveling, she got caught up contemplating on several events of the day when a sudden gust of strong wind broke the old woman's revere. She stood to judge the northern sky and saw black, puffy clouds billowing over the hill behind her, almost near enough to touch. Never had she seen a storm move so fast. Fearful for the lamb, she hurried down the hill, calling for Hazoji, who was her bellwether, as she went. He was obedient, but some of the other sheep were reluctant to leave and had to be prodded on their way. By the time she had disengaged the last lamb, the bellwether was at the top of the hill and setting a brisk pace. Anxious and panning, but not daring to stop and catch her breath, the old woman hurried on behind the sheep. As snowflakes began to fall, the wind got stronger. Some of the sheep stopped here and there to gaze, but she scolded them like a mother with naughty children, and they scurried on. The flakes thickened, and the wind began to howl, and the old, old woman's anxiety grew. Then suddenly she was within sight of the corral, and Hazoji was leading the herd inside. Now they were safe. A quick head count told her that they were all there. She counted the lambs twice to be sure, and then closed the gate. Before she had taken three steps, she realized that if the storm were to last very long, she might not be able to get out to feed them. So she quickly dragged a bale of hay from the slack, opened the gate, and pushed it into the corral. The sheep were settled and quiet now, huddled together for protection. By the time she had struggled the second bale into the corral, the storm was directly upon her. 
snowflakes pelting her face and stinging her with the force of the wind. She counted the sheep once more and made sure the gate was closed securely and began her journey to the Hogan, planning carefully as she made her way through the swirling flakes. The south side of the corral was no longer visible. She tried to remember small landmarks along the way, but one clump of sagebrush soon began to look like another, and she was no longer sure. Hoping to reorient herself, she turned toward the corral, but in turning she stumbled and fell. When she recovered, she was alone in the blizzard, unable to see beyond the length of her arm. She knelt there, trying to think clearly. She knew that she was on the north side of the corral, and if she went straight north, she could come to the Hogan. But which way was north? A little to the left, slightly to the right, too much one way or the other, and she might miss the Hogan and wander for hours, perhaps in circles, perhaps passing near the sheltered place but not being able to even see it. In a subtle flash, she remembered the face of someone that had paid her a visit earlier in the day that simply reminded her that God loved her and that he encourages all of us to become as a little child. But as she thought about this, she thought to herself, but I'm a grandmother. How can I become as a little child? But she continued to hear that phrase, little child, little child. And so she bowed her head. O oh Lord, she whispered through the furious gale, I am lost. Never have I been lost before. Only you can see me through the storm. I know you love all living things, but if you want me to live, you will have to guide me home. You are the only way that I can get there. Suddenly in the midst of the storm, she was calm. It was as if a hand had touched her shoulder, for an overwhelming warmth ran through her. Then there was a sound at her side, and it was the sound of a bell. And she turned to find the bellwether. Hazoji, she cried. Puzzled for a moment, she hugged the ram's woolly neck. She distinctly remembered locking the gate. He tossed his head relentlessly and nudged her hand. Then she understood. He sent you, she whispered. She got to her feet, fixed her fingers firmly around the bell strap, and patted the sheep. Take me home, Hizoji. Carefully, instinctively, the sheep led her to the Hogan door and then disappeared back into the storm. Once inside, the woman dropped the blanket from her shoulders. The deep lines of her wrinkled, leathery face seemed to lift and brighten. Never had she felt so loved. Briefly, she saw the face of a friend that came earlier that morning and stopped by her home, reminding her that our Father knows what we need, but He waits for us to ask. Sinking to her knees, she whispered a prayer of thanksgiving. I love that story as it really kind of illustrates the way in which God may at times act to save us through that of a bellwether. I would imagine if we just stop and consider to ourselves for a moment, we can all identify situations and circumstances where something very similar to this story happened to us, which is the reason that I felt absolutely okay to share it, even though it was fictitious. Because although it's not necessarily a true story, it is true in many ways to all of us. Because we've, as I've said, I know we've experienced things like that, where people have just showed up at just the right time in just the right way to lead us home and to help us find our way. Again, this story illustrates really the way in which God may at times act to save us. There's so much symbolism in the concept of a bellwether. The bellwether, after all, is the favored lamb and becomes an agent of peace between the master and the flock, an ambassador, if you will. Because of this intimate relationship between the master and the lamb, the bellwether would demonstrate trust when the master approached. 
As fear subsided and trust developed, all the sheep could be turned free to range without the confines of closed-in pens, and new levels of freedom would be experienced by the entire flock. Do you see the symbolism in that? It's really quite beautiful. In biblical times, the concept of a bellwether was also an analogy of true leadership. It was an allegorical picture of God's heart and intent for his people, a people who would intimately experience his favor and lead others to him. Ultimately, Jesus was the fulfillment of a true bellwether. He was the lamb without sin, the go-between from God the Father to all of us, to all mankind. While Christ is the true bellwether leading us back to God, we all have the opportunity to lead as bellwethers in bringing others to Him. And I'm confident that there will be times that we too will need to lead, especially when things are hard and turbulent. That's when God needs us the most and how we can best help others find their way. There are five things that we can do to help us lead others effectively in whatever way that we're called to lead. And the first is to focus on yourself first. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but you've heard me mention this before. We have to make sure that we are being the best that we can be in order to support and lead the people around us. When we build a better self, our self can lead people better. This means physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. We can also have an opinion, but also learn to ask questions. Recognize that the most effective leaders are not the ones with all the answers, but rather the ones comfortable enough in their own skin to ask questions. When we're comfortable with our belief system wherein we can lessen our insecurity, we are far more open to new ideas and we surround ourselves with experts for a reason. So let's use them and be wise. Number three is that we can separate logic from emotions. I know it's easier said than done, but humans make bad decisions because their emotions override good reason. It's also important that we develop sincerity. There are many things a leader could do in order to effectively lead, but many of them are subjective based on the situation. One true item that goes across the board, however, is the need for authentic sincerity for the support and wellness of your people. We live in a world with multiple realities where people rent private jets just for Instagram photos. And so as leaders, we need to be able to live authentically and be consistent in that authenticity, which will draw people to us. And last is the focus on communication. It's pretty hard to be an effective leader without being able to effectively communicate. Now, there's a statement that I heard quite some time ago that I've always loved that says, live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will want to come to know God because they know you. In order for us to lead others, we must first be willing to be led by Him, the one who knows the way, who has walked the way, and who is the way. As we improve as individuals, we will draw people to us, which will help us to lead people to Him. After all, that is the true goal and blessing of being a bellwether. Now, thanks for listening, everyone. Each of you listening has bellwethers that I know will help you, that have helped you to find your way. So look for them, listen to them, and follow them. And each of you listening also has the responsibility to be a bellwether for others. We are both followers and leaders at different times and in different ways. But as we follow Christ, He will also put us in positions to lead others. And where is it that he wants us to lead them? To him. So show them the way by showing them the way to him. And that's really how one becomes saved by the bell. Now have a great weekend, everybody. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you're listening to The Daily Drive.